the dentist owner and front office personnel, especially the office manager in a dental practice, not reading the CDT code book from the ADA cover to cover would be equivalent to a pilot not reading the pilot operating handbook before flying the plane. And we begin our podcast right there. Computers are live. Mixers up. Levels are good. Equalizers good. Ready channels one and two. Mike is live in three, two, one. Roll it. Welcome, listeners, to the My Practice My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now, the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Welcome to the My Practice My Business podcast. It's Dr. Rob, your host for the show, and I'm excited for you to be here today. The title of the podcast for today is Read the CDT Codebook produced from the ADA. That's it. That's all you have to do. <laughs> you don't need self-proclaimed experts defining what the CDT Codebook says, how it's supposed to be interpreted, uh, how it's supposed to be applied, codes you're supposed to use. It's their interpretation. Let me be very clear, though, from the beginning. We are not going to read the entire CDT Codebook from the ADA on this podcast. I know many of you are already disappointed, but I promise we're going to have some fun here today. Over the last several years, as we have been training offices, we almost always get one of the front office team members referencing some book that breaks down the CDT codes with definitions and when you're supposed to use them and their interpretation. Well, of course, the team members don't know it's the interpretation of the author of the book, but it's this major interpretation of when you're supposed to use the codes, how you're supposed to use the codes, what codes are actually uh, uh, payable by insurance companies and which ones aren't. Listen, my friends, you do not need to do anything other than read the ADA's CDT code book on your own and interpret that book on your own. Your interpretation of the ADA's definitions on the CDT codes will be just as good as those who write big, thick books on them and charge you for them, and charge you for new editions each and every year. Maybe even better will be your own interpretation, okay? Just definitely buy the ADA's CDT codebook uh, year to year. This, the ADA actually puts out a companion book that is now in competition with uh, other books that are out there that people write on, okay? Well... Uh, definitely, uh, it's definitely better. <laughs> you, you'll you'll be able to define the the ADA CDT code book better if you go through our professional office manager training. That I can guarantee. How? Why? Because you are actually being trained by people, people who actually take PPO plans in their practice and have dealt with insurance companies longer than those who have written such books. In fact, one of the most popular books out there has the name of an individual as its author who never took a PPO plan 
in their entire practicing career. That's right. You heard it correctly. Their words, not mine, when I was introduced to them many years ago. Now, I was really impressed with their book. It's helpful, sure, but you can get the same information studying the ADA's CDT codebook on your own. How many of us read that book cover to cover? Hardly any of us. So, who wrote that big, thick book that actually has those things in it? Who wrote any of those books? Ghostwriters. That's who. From a pure business point of view, though, from a pure business point of view, I'm impressed that those individuals have made a ton of money off the sell of that coding book with an office manager as the ghostwriter and never having actually taken a PPO plan in their practicing life. That's brilliant. The problem is, is the office manager ghostwriters who write these books, they too lack knowledge and training when it comes to knowing how to deal with insurance companies. Drives me insane, okay? But now, back to reality, office managers, docs, read the dang CDT codebook published by the ADA and rely on your own common sense when determining the codes you use or should use when doing procedures on your patients. Most importantly, when treatment planning a patient with needed dental work, ask yourself if there are codes that you could, should be using. Just because insurance companies try to get you to bundle procedures or disallow certain codes as they see fit does not mean you have to write them off. You need to learn about how to push back on those contracts. This past week, I was referred to a podcast with our good friend, Howard Friend, uh, with Dentaltown. It was on the, uh, the lawsuit a few of our colleagues are waging against Delta Dental uh, of Washington. What was most important to me was the fact dentists in the state of Washington are sick and tired of Delta Dental dictating how their member dentists should treat patients. They're trying to control the delivery and quality of dental care as a, as a third-party payer. Amazing, right? Like we haven't heard that before. That's simply not the truth. My challenge for you is to read the CDT codebook and then look at the codes you have contracted for with the PPO plans that you take. Look at those top 30 codes that you use continuously. And then look for some other codes that you might not be using on procedures that you are doing. Remember, if you do the service, you have every right to bill it out and get paid for it. If the insurance company doesn't cover it, the patient owes it. Get savvy with knowing which ones the insurance companies will pay on and which ones they won't, and collect that money up front from the patient. Then there's no misunderstandings. At the end of the insurance payment cycle, you won't have to call that patient saying, oh, guess what, you owe another $347 because your insurance company didn't cover one of the procedures that we did. Then what happens? Consumers hate to pay for something twice. Make sure you collect it up front. Again, consumers hate to pay for something twice. So make sure you collect it right up front, right there before you start the procedure. Show it on the, on the treatment planner out of your practice management software as, a, a, as the, the payment that the patient is responsible for. And then if the insurance covers it, bonus time. Then you can tell the patient, hey, look what happened. 
I went to work for you. I battled the insurance company. They paid more. You got a credit on the account. What would you like to do with it? Bleaching? You want to do that other tooth that needs to be done? Uh, or would you like a check uh, cut back to you? It's your choice. We're happy to serve you. So insurance companies cannot arbitrarily come between the doctor-patient relationship, and they certainly cannot tell you to write off procedures you complete. You never contracted for them to change the contract on you at will. They can't do that, okay? You have to sign things. Um, oh, man, that podcast, you all need to go listen to it. Uh, that It's a Howard Friends podcast, uh, and then just uh, type in uh, Dell to Dental Lawsuit, State of Washington. It was phenomenal just listening to what these guys are battling on. And they're trying to battle on the fact that, hey, look, uh, stop trying to control us, insurance companies. When we say a patient needs a certain procedure, don't tell us that you're going to disallow it. Don't tell us we can't do it. And I don't know if their lawsuit's really going to increase the uh, reimbursement rates. And I know that that's kind of what they're hoping to do. Insurance companies, you know, they have a they have us in a in a chokehold when it comes to being able to do that because they are a corporation, large corporation, and any patient that contracts with them to pay on things, and when you and I contract with them to be reimbursed on any dental procedures, they're going to come back to that contract and say, no, we can't change, you know, we're not going to change that because that is the contract. But as all of our clients know, with the training here at My Practice, My Business, we teach you how to battle that and battle it in a very fun and easy way so that you can be paid fairly for the dentistry that you provide and the patient can receive the oral health care that they want, need, and deserve. That's what I love about our company, and that's what I love about all the, the offices that come through our training. That's what they get to experience. Super fun. Another thing you should be aware of when signing up for your PPO plans and that, those contracts is the fact that just as employer groups can line item veto coverages and try to get PPO plans to have you give it away for free, you can line item certain verbiage in those contracts. Just another trick of the trade we teach at My Practice, My Business. Now for the final point. Just because someone writes a book on coding and makes it sound like they are the absolute authority on everything dental, you probably shouldn't believe everything they state is truth, procedure, and doctrine in those books. In fact, read them with a questioning eye. It's only their interpretation. Again, it's only the authors or the ghostwriters' interpretation of how they believe things should be or how they were told they should be by other individuals who had no idea what the heck they were talking about. Is there some good in those books? Absolutely. So take the good from them, but remember the ADA CDT definitions are the ones that actually count. Those are the ones that insurance companies have to go by, by contract. And even those have some questionable issues that we have pointed out in our trainings here at My Practice, My Business. In other words, the ADA isn't always correct either. Use your own good judgment and common sense. And when in doubt, hey, give us a call here at My Practice, My Business. We are happy to help anyone out there with their questions, especially our clients. We won't give away our secret sauce 
our clients pay good money to learn about that type of information. But there are some things that are downright obvious that we can point out. Thank you so much for tuning into the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.